Let's Talk podcast guests are invited to share their unique perspectives. The ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the practices of Mesquite ISD and are not an endorsement of any particular agenda or viewpoint. Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast, inspired by Mesquite ISD's Leadership and Empowerment Team, or LET for short. Our guests include educators, students, and community members sharing their experiences from their perspectives. So let's have a real conversation about embracing our differences and finding common ground with your hosts, Dr. LaDonna Gulley and Ted Madden. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. Today, we will put a bow on the 2022-23 school year with our final episode. We'll be back in August with new shows every two weeks. This is our 90th episode since we began the project in August of 2020. When we started, the district's social studies coordinator, Daniel Norwood, was my co-host. In January 2021, Dr. Gully was named Director of Leadership and Empowerment, and that's when she began co-hosting this podcast, and we've been doing this together for about two and a half years now. Yeah. In this final show, we want to look back at some moments from the podcast that resonated with us over the last nine months. But before we go any further, let's take care of the housekeeping items first. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform you use, and that way you won't miss any new episodes. If you can give us a rating and review, that will help us grow the show. If you listen exclusively, you might not know that we have a video version of our podcast that you can find on the Mesquite ISD YouTube channel. We encourage your questions and feedback. You can email us at letstalkatmesquiteisd.org or interact with us on social media. You can use the search term LETMISD to find us there. Now with that, we'll begin the introductions. My name is Ted Madden. I work in the communications department for the Mesquite ISD, and I'm a 50-year-old white man. And my name is Dr. LaDonna Gully, and I am the director over leadership and empowerment for Mesquite ISD. So we've had some great To give shows. your age, you oh, bailing out on the last show? I'm bailing out, right? Okay, <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm very, very proud to say I'm a 53-year-old um, black woman. There you go. <laughs> Uh, before we begin listening to some of these moments that I alluded to earlier, I wanted to give Dr. Gully just a chance to talk about any overall impressions or thoughts she has over the last nine months of doing this podcast together. This podcast, now we've been doing this, I can't believe we're at 90 episodes, right? Yeah. But what is so really amazing, I think this particular year has really exemplified um, two things for me, um, bravery as well as just integrity. And um, how we continue to live with our and live in and act out our values, you know, what we believe um, every single day. So I think that as we look back, I mean, there were so many, every single one of our episodes I have listened to at least twice because they are so impactful. And I've had even a couple of my people, my friends from North Carolina and some other places contact me and say, hey, that particular episode, I actually shared it with um, some people that I'm working with or that we're having team um, conflict, whatever the case may be, because what we're discovering is that as we're listening to other people's stories, it's allowing us to uh, engage differently and really seek to understand before seeking to be understood. These stories help us relate to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's why do. movies resonate with people. And that's why books and TV shows and different story, different methods of t- storytelling, why it's so effective. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the point of this podcast is to take a variety of people with different backgrounds and have them share their stories mm-hmm. 
which can then resonate with people who may not be similar to them. Absolutely. And that's kind of the point of what we've been doing yeah. over the last three and a half years. And I think this year um, in particular is something, it's been something about not only our guests, but I think because of the popularity of this particular podcast, I think people are feeling more and more comfortable to walk in, to sit down in that chair and really just get comfortable with telling their truth. And I think that that's what I saw this past year. I, um, and, you know, I have to say, kind of give us a shout out, right? Because we do not do false modesty no, we at don't. all, we don't, right? We don't do false modesty <laughs> We don't do false here. modesty if around you're good, here. good, say you're good. Exactly. I think that we have also gotten really great at uh, tapping into something that is said and then helping the person kind of push through and tell that, that part of that story. And I think that that really has resonated as well. What do you think? People want to share. They may not know it. Right. But, but I think it's a natural inclination to to want to share your story, to be understood. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Well, you know what? Something else sticks out to me as we're talking about that. And it's Vince. When we had him on the show and he talked about the fact that you would think, like when they do these really hard stories and news of someone, um, unfortunately, their their unfortunate passing or something that happens, right? And you would think that people wouldn't want to share that. That's not the time to actually go to ask someone, hey, would you like to share that? But he talked very specifically about people wanting, saying, yes, I want you to come out. I want to talk to, I want to, um, want to tell my story about about my person, about what they meant to me, about who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since he said that to us, I have totally watched my 10 o'clock news differently. When I see these tragedies and I see people wanting to come on and talk about them, I remember, you well, know, you what he said. Well, you say wanting to, but your perception used to be, why are they asking them As, that question yes, at such a terrible time? Absolutely. You like, know? why would you do that? Why would you want to mm-hmm. go and approach somebody right now in their worst moment, mm-hmm. right? But after having that discussion and listening to him talk about it from a, a not only a news pr- uh, perspective, but a human perspective. It really helped me see that, no, people want to share their stories. They want to tell what has happened to them and how that has impacted them in terms of where they're going. And so it has really changed just how I view news and how I view even us asking questions and kind of pushing the ante to really get out, you know, what someone really wants to say. And they may have been afraid, but in that moment, because we have really embraced them that they're like, you know what, let me tell it. Let me tell it like it is because maybe someone else will hear this and it will speak to them. And now they have something they know. Oh, you know what, actually I can do that. Or it is okay that I felt that way. Or it's okay that I've been through that particular situation. LaDonna is referring to uh, my old friend, Vince Sims. Yes. Who is the uh, weekend news anchor and a weekday reporter at NBC5. And all of these episodes um, are still out there. So yeah. if you you know if you hear us refer to an episode or we play one of these moments and you want to hear the whole thing, you can go back to whatever podcast platform you're on and find these episodes mm-hmm. or go to the YouTube channel and search Let's Talk Podcast with whatever name it is. Mm-hmm. And they're all still there so we can listen to them. And with that, I do want to get into some of our moments. And I know one of our favorite guests of this year was Clint Elsasser. The yes. principal at Vanguard High School, the new uh, the new career choice high school that we have in this school district, our sixth high school in Mesquite ISD. His episode aired on October 11th, and this is the moment that stood out to us. I ended up going to the University of Nebraska. 
um, walked on the wrestling team and made the wrestling team. I actually struggled my first couple years in college. Um, I should probably shouldn't have went. So I was on academic probation my first semester before I even started college just to make it. And I remember my first report card, I got straight C's in college, and that was the best report card I had ever gotten in my entire life. Wow. <laughs> it was a five-year program I was in. Um, I, I, I jokingly, because I did fail third grade. <laughs> Uh-huh. I did. Um, and so, but I graduated in exactly four years at the University of Nebraska on the dean's list for academics. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So What I, turned it around for you? Man, you know what it really was? The program that I was in they actually sent me to trade school. Mm-hmm. And when I got into trade school, I was welding, uh, machining, uh, working uh, engines, uh, electrical. And as soon as I got in there where I was working with my hands, I like that was my thing. Hmm. And it just, everything started clicking after that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even on the academic side, I always really struggled. Uh, Now looking back, we realized it was because of dyslexia. But we didn't, back then you didn't know. I was just always in special classes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But now we know. uh, But so I struggled. But when, I don't know, it was just something that clicked in my brain. And a lot of it was like when I was welding, I was just like in this little booth and I just could concentrate, mm-hmm. and I finally found the thing that I was good at. It helped my brain. Yeah. So then, like when I took uh, statistics, like I got an A in statistics. Wow. Like that should not have been a thing. <laughs> um, so it was just. Huh. I think it was just really it kind of clicked in my brain. Something just connected. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really tell you what it was. It just it happened for me. Do you um, think that it was because it was your purpose? Purpose or. Maybe it was, I finally found something I was good at, and um, I never had that before. Yeah, that was a powerful moment um, for someone who thought of himself as a bad student uh, to realize he wasn't. Yeah. And and for him to be the principal at that school, you couldn't have a better guy. You couldn't. Um, you know, there was so many things in particular that just, spoke to my spirit and just listening to him. Um, First and foremost, as a teacher, if you've ever had a struggling student and you wanted to help that student find their why and also discover what they're good at, um, I think that Clint is such a great example of how you fail forward Mm -hmm. and how you don't forget no matter what your situation has been, you still have the opportunity to overcome. And um, that, it was just so powerful for someone to say, I finally found something I was good at. I think that as educators, that is definitely one of our goals is that we come across students and we're not going to reach every single kid. But my, my hope has always been that even if I don't, when I send that student forward, somebody else will. And that has always been my hope for the students that I taught personally, as well as the students that, um, you know, at the schools I was the principal at, um, and even in the circles that I'm in right now in Mesquite ISD, we have to help our students find their way and find and determine what works for them. And, you know, um, if we can help them, we need to do that. And sometimes help just means to be a great listener. It means to um, give that student a break. 
It means to um, honor that student in that moment and and really remember your level of empathy because someone did it for you, whether you remember it or not. You know, someone did it for you. That leads us into our next one because you talked about having empathy for the student and realizing that this student might have something going on in his or her life. Well, that's what Mabel Morales talks about Yes, in her clip. She's a third-grade teacher at Hodges. We had her on on November 29th, and we want to play that one for you. Anytime I have a student in my classroom, I'm always, always, I have my personal experience very present, you know, so uh, because I I was a the child that at school that no one, no one would know what I was going through because I was I was the clown in the classroom. I was always making jokes and I was always making my friends laugh. I just didn't want anyone to know what I was going through at home. So um <laughs> so uh, whenever I have my, my students, I always, I think of that. So she does a really good job of keeping it top of mind. Mm-hmm. When she was a student, she had these troubles at home, and she talked about them in the full version of the podcast about right. the issues she had with the woman who brought her up. Um, but you go to school, and, and nobody knows. Right. And a lot of times you're not going to tell them. Mm-hmm. And so you sometimes have to have that empathy without even knowing what's going on in their lives specifically, without knowing what you're having empathy for. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, some of our students are very transparent. They are great at telling you exactly what's happening. And some of our students won't say a word. And they are experiencing and dealing with all types of adversity that we can't even imagine. And I think that... That is one of the many reasons why we have to remember, you know, um, what we've been through. And here's the uh, the other part of that, right? You may have not had any of that. You may have had a great experience. You may have had great parents, just everything. Just you never had that. That never happened to you. And yet we all can have a high level of empathy and really be able to move and understand Maybe that student is going through something. Maybe that's why they need to be seen. Maybe that's maybe something is happening with that student, and maybe that student really wants to tell me, and this might be the way that they're trying to tell me. So we just never know. Never know. Wow. So we call these, at least I name them in, our, uh, in the folder where I save them all, we call them these our aha moments. Yes. Where you're just kind of, aha, okay. That's, you know, the moment that strikes you. Mm-hmm. And so our third aha moment that we wanted to illuminate from this past school year is from Philip Alaya. He is a teacher over at Mesquite High School and also the head soccer coach for the boys, for the Skeeters. He joined us on September 6th. If you dare you say this country is not for you or, or America's going downhill or something, dare you say that, go to another country and come back. And you will kiss the ground like I did. Like the, to me, there's no questions asked. This is the greatest country on earth. Even with the political division that we have seen, especially lately, regardless of the political division, I don't care if it's a Democrat president. I don't care if it's a Republican. This is the greatest place on earth mm-hmm. when it comes to other places. Not even a question in my mind. I feel like this, the immigration, the immigrant story needs to be known because of empathy. 
right? And that's just how I teach, too. It's just who I am. I feel like uh, grace and empathy just go hand in hand. And that's just who I am now because of my background. And I feel like people kind of forget that part. Like, you know, some, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of things, but when we talk about immigrants or illegal immigrants, like my, I, I feel terrible for that. And there's empathy there. And I know why they're leaving. And I know they're coming here for good reasons. I know there are um, financial reasonings and medical reasons and all sorts of reasons. But the empathy part, people need to, like if they walked, you know, a mile in their shoes on people that are crossing the border or people coming from other countries, like the empathy would be there 100%. I thought what was really interesting there is he says it without saying it, but it's important to remember that all political issues that people argue about are people issues. Yeah. These politics affect real people. Yeah. And we'd be a lot better off if we remembered the mm -hmm. individual people who are affected by the political decisions that are made. Yeah, I think that that is so key because I think oftentimes we are really, it's very easy to put anybody in a box. It really is. And yeah, keep and we them like there. easy as yeah. people in this culture. Yes. We like simple, we, we like easy. Absolutely. And, it's, and, and it is a choice to choose to do the hard things and do the hard work. That's a choice. And so, but it's a choice that we have to make because the immigrant story is a story of so many people who live in this country. It is, it is a, it is a real story. There's a real uh, background to that. And I think that it's really important that we stop and we ask, what's the story there? What's going on there? Um, and what is the why there? I think that that's just really important. And it really struck me. Um, two things. When he talks about the immigrant story, but then he talks about our country and the fact that it is the greatest country on earth. And so we have to really, what does that mean? That really means that we have to take that in. And it also means we have a huge responsibility. You can't be great and not have any responsibility. So... The following week is when we had another coach on. Yeah, Tom we did. Rollerson. Yes. He's a teacher over at Horn mm -hmm. and also an assistant football coach. Who approached team. us about he coming did. on. He reached out to us yes. and he wanted to tell his story. And it is a unique story. He it was, is. He was a young dad who had full custody. So mm -hmm. he was a single parent as a male, which is fairly rare in our society. So we wanted to highlight Khan for this final episode. The whole thing was based off of my upbringing. My father wasn't in my life like that. So when I, so, so when my son was born, I told myself, like you just said, I have to do this right because you only get one shot. Yeah. You know, you only get one dad and one mama. So you know, my whole point was to make sure I did everything different from what I was used to. Now my mama was my rock, so she, you know, took care of me, did everything. She was my mama and my daddy. So at the same time, I wanted to be uh, a good male role model for my son. And so when he was born, you know, I just took over the mantle and uh, made sure that, you know, I was uh, in his life 24-7. And like I would tell y'all before, we'd go places when he was even little, even to the day, and people just, I guess, watch us. And they can, and they'll come up to him and be like, oh, man, y'all real close and tight. And this and that. And I'd be like, and then I'm looking like, okay. But they just see him based off how me and him interact. And and uh, as he grew, it was, it was funny because I was in Lancaster for nine years, so everybody in the district knew him from from when he was a baby. You know, then I got to coach him uh, when he was a freshman because I was uh, at the same time I was coaching voice, but I was also the freshman. 
offensive coordinator. So I had to I, I had the privilege to coach him, which could be a challenge, a good thing, a bad mm-hmm. thing. Though, when, sure. when, when it's your child, they expect you you supposed to get them like favors sometimes. But now nah, it, it was good though, man. Uh, I, I enjoyed that time. Just about, and, and I tell all the young players, all the young men, anyway, when you're young and a father. You have to make a decision. You can't sit up here and steady trying to be something what you vision yourself to be. Now you have to be what you need to be for your child. A lot of times in life, we just kind of take it day by day, right? We're just trying to keep our head above water, trying to survive, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a parent with younger kids. And so I think it's significant that when he was, whatever he was, 20 years old, maybe 19, 19. 20, Mm -hmm. that he made that conscious decision Yes, in his mind that he was going to do this right. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I was really inspired by his story um, as we listened to him and he talked about having this one shot. And I think that that is when you know and you understand that on a very deep level, you do things differently. And he is such a great example of that. I am so glad that he contacted us and wanted to share that story because I think it's a story that really resonates not only in our community, but our community overall, that we don't have anymore this notion of just what a family is, right? Um, I think that people often believe that you have the two parents, you have the two kids, the dog, the white picket fence, all of that. The truth of the matter is what we have now are families. We have families that are extremely blended, extremely diverse. And yes, do we still have that kind of nucleus of a family? Yeah, we have those things to to a certain degree. But truly, after 1965, and this is statistically, we don't have that anymore. And so we have gone as a country believing that we're this one particular nucleus, and we're not. You know, we're actually... um, families that are very blended, that are very different. They look different. They sound different because they are different. And I think we, us and listening to Khan helped me understand that it's really important that we are honoring that, that we're honoring what family is. So... And I may not have this right, but I think his son is just finishing up his freshman year in college. Yes, I that think so. Right? Yeah. Teresa Jackson is the CEO of Sharing Life in Mesquite, and Sharing Life does so many good things, especially during the holiday season. Yes, great things. And uh, and then her story was such a uh, interesting foundational piece to who she is today. Mm-hmm. That um, when I when we were cutting these aha moments when I was editing them, I, I cut three different ones. Yeah, they were all so good. <laughs> uh-huh. But this is the one we picked for this show. Particularly the people we serve, they have great respect for the fact that. I've been where many of them are, and that I have genuine compassion and empathy, not sympathy, for where mm-hmm. they may be living at the moment and, and this season of their life. I don't look at them and think, oh, poor pitiful you. I think, and I tell them, this is a season. This is not where you're going to stay forever. Um, I've been in that season, and I'm doing much better, and you will too. And I can say that with authentic Um, fervor and not in any way just, you know, a good Texas saying, blowing smoke up the skirt. You know, it's genuine and it's it's meaningful. That was amazing. Teresa's husband left her. Yeah. And that was her story. He left her a few days before Christmas, maybe Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Yeah. And he was the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it's the end of the month, the bills are due, Mm -hmm. and she has nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. And then she talked about how when she did go and get help, 
you're supposed to feel warmer. You're supposed to feel Welcomed. better and more fulfilled. Absolutely. She would leave feeling worse. She it did. made her feel worse. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been something she's kept in mind as she runs Sharing Life. Yeah. It's amazing how when people are going through adversity, the treatment that they receive. Something that we have to be really conscious of because really what she talked about was the treatment that she received in her worst moments. Instead of people being saying, oh, come on, let's gather, let's, let's surround you with love and compassion, people did the opposite. And she said, she, she walked out of there, she said, I've never felt so bad in my life. And I, I just remember that just really striking me, that that's not how we want to, we want anyone to ever feel in their darkest moments. And so um, her creating Sharing Life, and she talked about in that episode why it's called Sharing Life, because she said the truth of the matter is we're all sharing this together, you know, and this is a season in your life. I thought that that was very powerful, mm-hmm. too, because when it we feels ta- like a permanent status. When Absolutely. It's to you. Yeah. Right. Right. Your temporary situation is not your final destination. And I think that she really just spoke to that. And I think that people walked away, especially around Christmas time when we did this particular podcast, feeling really inspired, feeling like they had the opportunity to give back and that they could do it. So I, man, uh, you just applaud her. They do amazing work here in Mesquite, but not only helping the families in Mesquite, they help families all over the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So kudos to her. And I'm going to repeat this because you just had a quote that needs to go on some sort of quote board or in a Hallmark card. Your temporary situation is not your final destination. Thank you. That's great. (laughs) Once in a while on the the podcast, we like to bring in guests who are from outside Mesquite ISD. And on February 7th, we had the co-pastor at Mesquite Friendship Baptist Church, Caleb Turner, who may be the pastor now. I think his dad is retiring about this time. Um, But he, you know, we didn't get into this in the clip we're going to play, but, you know, he talked about being arrested and how that changed his life. Yes. Didn't even know he was going to bring that up, but he did. And he he shared it with us, which is something else we like about this pod is people tend to be willing to share more than they expected to. But we want to have Caleb Turner's clip as he talks about um, just his upbringing and what kind of a student he was. Mm -hmm. I've always been someone who didn't have a problem standing up in front of a, cr- a crowd. As a matter of fact, my <laughs> my sixth grade teacher would tell me, if you just give me the first 30 minutes of class. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm saying I wasn't a bad child. Right. I always have been extremely respectful. It was just I was a class clown. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed holding yeah. court for the class. And so she would say, Caleb, if you would just give me the first uh, 30 minutes of class, I'll give you the last 30 minutes for you to stand up and do whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's, that's the deal that we worked. Now, I'm not sure if that's allowed nowadays or not, but it, it worked for me to give her her instruction time that she needed. And so have always uh, not had a problem at all standing up uh, in front of people and, and and talking. Have always been someone who who studied. I think we had a rule in my house growing up that if you made a B, you had to work the entire summer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for free. And so uh, that's my parents were extremely um, strict when it came to our grades, uh, graduated top 10 percent of my class. As we were going through these clips, we found it interesting that we are now eight clips into this. Three of them have mentioned being a class clown. Mabel yeah. Morales, the third grade teacher, mm-hmm. Clint Elsasser, the principal at Vanguard, and now Caleb Turner. 
And it's a coping mechanism. It's not yes. something we never heard before this, but it's a coping mechanism mechanism for kids who aren't belonging academically or athletically is trying to find a place where they can belong and feel like they're being that they're popular in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And right. And what do you look for? If you are a student who is struggling, you're always looking for an out. And if you as you listen, as I listen to those stories, that's what I heard, like students clowning around because they were looking for an out. Um I his story resonated with me um, for several reasons, but I really enjoyed listening to that. Here we have this pastor who is well respected in our community. Uh, family has been is well known in this community for years. Uh, have done some really really great work here in Mesquite, and to have that level of ownership, where you can say, you know, this is where I was, and this is where we have to. We we talk about growth a lot, right? We have to always allow people to grow and we have to honor their growth. And I think that, you know, when I listen to his story in particular, I get to honor his growth. You know, um, don't keep somebody where they are. Allow them to grow and show you something different and be willing to accept and go with that. So it's great, great uh, story. Um, in particular, I hope that a lot of kids with, with his particular story hear hear that because we all start somewhere, and then we, we get the chance to grow. Karen Morris has been the principal at West Mesquite and uh, has just been promoted to a new position starting next year. She'll be the, the uh, executive director of innovation. She joined our podcast on January 17th, and I think we were both struck with the level of emotion that she had for a moment she remembered when she was in high school seeing one of her friends discriminated against. Not mm-hmm. something that happened directly to her, but seeing something happen to one of her very good friends. Right. I remember, this is a, there was a boy in my in my high school. There were probably about uh, five African-Americans in my high school. And mm-hmm. uh, my high school, uh, my graduating class was 360. So it's, you know, we weren't a tiny school. Yeah. Um, but we had a very small number of African-American people. There was a, a boy in my in my uh, grade level who I adored, and he was he was he was an African American boy, and he was out on the basketball court one time, and someone in my school yelled out a racial slur at him, and I it destroyed me, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still upsets me. It was thirty years ago. It yeah. still upsets me, and I went to our principal and I said, "Where's that boy?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Where is that boy who said that to him? And he said, well, he's an ISS. And I said, well, good. Can I talk to him? And he said, no, I don't think that's going to go very well. <laughs> and I said, I don't, I'm, I'm upset and I want him to know about it. And I remember that conversation. Mm. It still bothers me that that was in my hometown. And I didn't want to be in a place that people could get away with talking that way. And, mm. and so I've always been driven towards diverse environments and serving with that. And I know that I'm a, I'm, I'm a white lady principal, you know, and I try to make sure that I'm mindful that while I cannot bring diversity into my role in terms of who I am, Mm -hmm. I know that it's my responsibility to do so. I truly had to take a moment um, in that during that particular taping to really take in all she said, because quite frankly, um, Karen said several things there. One of them is racial slurs and jokes that we as a society, I think almost unknowingly embrace. 
and we pass that on to our children and they unknowingly embrace it and use it. And we have to we we have to be aware. We have to gain a level of awareness around racial slurs and jokes. They are not funny. They honor no one. But more importantly, they don't honor you. Um they're put downs. And I I literally, I mean, I'm sitting at a table. This is just this just happened to me recently. I'm sitting at a table and there's another set of people sitting at a table right next to in me. A restaurant or something? And I was in a restaurant. Okay. And we're talking, um, having dinner with my mom during an early Mother's Day celebration. And I hear this this joke. And it was a racial, it was racially motivated. A racially motivated and charged joke. And I I thought it was very interesting because the person who said it, he was jokingly talking about his own race. And I just stopped and I looked over him like just you just looked at him. I, I just thought you just did that. You just you just did that. And it made me think that oftentimes we are spending so much time trying to fit in, we never belong. And what people have got to understand is that belonging is belonging. If you feel like you have to fit in, you don't belong in that space. And you need to be able to honor that. But more importantly, the person who was listening to that, who knows that person, should have stopped them and said, Please don't do that again. I know what you might be trying to do, do, but that isn't working. And that's not how we do it. You belong here. You belong here. And so we we do a lot of that and we we brush it off. We ignore it. But it's really up to the person who is the listener at that moment to stop that person and help re-engage that person and help them understand that I know you're trying to fit in. But how about me just telling you that you belong and you don't have to do that? Got another Hallmark quote from LaDonna. We spend so much time trying to fit in, we don't belong. It's another good one. (laughs) So we're going to bring it full circle. Our last clip comes from the guy who launched it this year at Convocation. Yes. Jeremy Anderson is a motivational speaker. He spoke at our Convocation back in August. And he was a guest on October 25th. This is what I tell educators all the time. If you have a student that's, that's really struggling, they're not really sharing much, but you find out that their world is in crisis and you can relate, there was so much power in saying, hey, Timothy, Sabrina, look, I, I understand what you have going on. I've kind of been in a similar situation. I'm really proud of you. You're going to get through this. There's a connection. But most probably have a hard time connecting. Most of the educators I've been privileged to work with over the last 13 years say, Jeremy, I just... I don't have a connection like I grew up in a great home. My father was present that we did pretty well for ourselves. By the time I graduated, not only did I have scholarships, but they had money saved up for me to go to college. So I have a hard time connecting with the pain of these students. And so I tell them to own that. I said, because when you sit down with Sabrina and say, hey, Sabrina, I know you're going through a lot right now. And honestly, Sabrina, I can't relate. I, but I can say this. I am so proud of you. I am, I am so amazed, Sabrina, at how you're handling this. 
I don't know. I don't know how I would handle a Sabrina if I was in your position. If this happened to me, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you and I'm here for you. And though I can't fully understand it because my situation was different, I see the strength and the resiliency inside of you. You see, at that time, Dr. Cully, Gully, that student feels seen. Wow. Okay, so just a quick shout out to Sabrina, who is our executive director over communications for Mesquite ISD. He was speaking about you, Sabrina. He really no, he was. was <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what, though? What I love about what he said here, it is all about how we create relationships with young people and also how we create relationships with each other. I think that that was the true resounding um message there is that be purposeful about how you create relationships with young people. And you don't necessarily have to have the same experiences that they're having to not only empathize with them, but also build a relationship with them. It's, it can be a cop out for a teacher or for somebody to say, well, I can't relate to that person. I didn't go through what they went through. How can I relate to that person? We can always relate to each other. We have got what we have to do is be open. We have to allow ourselves to really say, you know, this may make me uncomfortable, but I'm going to sit here and listen and really try to be open and understand what is happening right here, right now. When we do this, it's something that changes in our hearts and it changes in our spirits. It allows us to experience life differently. And I want to invite all of us to do that. We've got to be more purposeful about how we invite life in. And we have to use our integrity to really push us to really rethink some things. You know, living in our values and living in our beliefs is definitely one thing. But the one thing that we have to do is also remember that at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all human. We all matter. We all deserve a high level of dignity. And we all have purpose. We wouldn't be here without it. You don't have to necessarily relate to someone to have a good relationship Absolutely. with that person. You don't. Does that make the Hallmark cut list? Yes, it does. All right, good. That's a good one. We're going to keep it. Well, that's going to do it for this last episode of the school year. If you do have questions for Dr. Gully or me, the best way to reach us is via email. Let's talk at mesquiteisd.org. You can find us on social media by using the search term Let MISD, and we encourage you to like or share the podcast and leave us a review. If you know someone who would make a great guest on our podcast, someone with a story that will inspire and resonate with others, and even if that someone is you, please reach out and let us know. Thank you, as always, for listening. For Dr. LaDonna Gully, I'm Ted Madden. Let's talk again in August. August.